Hello, and welcome back to the Align with God podcast, where we learn experientially how to grow a two-way interactive connection with God. I'm one of your hosts, Denise McKenzie. Bob, my husband, and I sponsor Align with God Ministries at alignwithgod.org, which is a Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led, and Jesus-focused ministry that helps people connect more deeply with God and provides resources for how to do that. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do so now as these are meant to go in order and lay a foundation for how to prepare your heart for two-way communion with God. You can find this podcast at our website, alignwithgod.org, or on iTunes, Anchor, or Spotify. We are posting every other Friday or Saturday now, hoping to get back to weekly eventually, but... um, about 20-minute podcasts, so you can break that down into two 10-minute segments if you'd like. The second half is always going to be an experiential exercise that we walk you through, so please grab a pen and journal of some kind each week before you come. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast on aligning with God's Spirit. And we know that Romans 8, 6 says, For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Don't we all want that? Life and peace. I mean, some of us pay big money to go to secluded places for vacation. But what if it were more simple than that? What if you could have this life and peace every day as you train yourself to align with God's silence? That's the topic for today. So here's a question for you. Do you ever feel like God goes silent on you sometimes? Does he sometimes not answer your prayers? Or when you try to do exercises in this podcast, do you feel sometimes like you get nothing and feel like you're failing at this somewhere? Or do you feel like you're just trying to keep up the chaos of the world around you and you cannot find that inner place of peace and solitude, no matter how hard you try, where you can commune with God? So then you go silent. Your prayers dry up because you feel disconnected from him. It can sometimes just feel too noisy in this world. Well, there is hope. The next two podcasts are going to be about how to cultivate the space, the time, and the silence in our inner being where God meets with us in his love. God wants truth in his, in, in our inner beings. He wants us to find that truth. And as I learned over a four-week sabbatical that I took recently, I had to detox from being in the go lane instead of the God lane, the wide road instead of the narrow road, in order to find that inner silence. I believe God talks to us all the time, not just in the silence. But silence is one way he speaks. And I know that sounds paradoxical, but silence is a language that God speaks sometimes. It's like when you want your kids to listen listen to you, you might say, shh, then say nothing for a moment, then say your point. Sometimes we need to get silent before we can hear. Good speakers know this trick. They'll get really quiet before they want to make a point. It gets people to attend to what they're about to say. And we need to learn to tune into this language with God. Otherwise, we can misinterpret it. I know for me at times when God has been silent in the past, not answering my prayers, I've projected all sorts of negative things onto him. 
But it's really not about God's silence or God not answering our prayers. It's about our inability to quiet ourselves enough to meet him in his silence, to understand his language, which is a language of the Spirit. CBS News anchor Dan Rather interviewed Mother Teresa in the 80s and asked her, when you pray, what do you say to God? She said, I don't say anything. I just listen. He said, well... Okay, he's tried again, and he said, well, when God speaks to you, then what does he say? And she said, he doesn't say anything. He listens. Mr. Rather was rather stumped (laughs) at this point, and he had no follow-up question. So Mother Teresa simply added, and if you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. Well, Teresa, like Jesus, knew that prayer was communion with God, not just talking to him, but back and forth communion. And this kind of prayer is different than putting out requests. It's what the Apostle Paul modeled and taught when he said, pray without ceasing. To live as Jesus lived in unending connection with our Heavenly Father is possible, both in silence or with speech. We are made for this. And even though this world teaches us otherwise, it teaches connection is all about words and posts on Facebook and texts. It's really much more than that. In fact, did you know that experts say that only 7% of communication is through words? The rest is everything else. You know, God does that with us. He tunes into that inner part of us and really listens deeply to the parts of us that aren't really speaking words. And he wants us to do the same with him, to tune into the parts of him that are silent, that aren't really speaking words. So that's what we're attempting today in the exercise. So the problem is, how do we set our minds on the Spirit and hear what the Spirit is saying and not on this world and what it's saying? What does it really mean practically? Maybe you feel you just don't have time to really sit down and tune into the Spirit. And if you did, You wouldn't be able to focus anyway. It's too vague. Life with all its urgent distractions can start to pull at us. And we can feel torn between priorities, not aligned with our true self. And that can be draining. So today's topic, aligning with God's silence, is key to learning how to set our minds on what the Spirit is saying. So you may think, well, good for you, but this is way beyond me. I'm going to be I'm just not going to be able to cultivate this discipline. You've, you're not speaking my language. <laughs> You've never tried to live inside my noisy head or in my noisy kitchen, apparently. But take heart. You are designed by God for this very thing. He made you a spiritual being, and that means you can connect with him in your spirit with his spirit, which has a different language, the language of the spirit. Romans eight twenty six says, In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He searches our hearts. We don't know how to pray, and that's okay. Because the one who gave us his spirit, a spirit and who puts his Spirit in us doesn't always pray with words, but with groans that are too deep for words. I love that. 
So if the Holy Spirit speaks that way in his intercession for us and we are spirit beings and have a spirit, there must be a language our spirits can learn that is spirit to spirit, that's deeper than words. The scriptures say that, that deep calls to deep. Maybe this is what this is referencing. Remember, all of this can be going on in our spirits, but we're hearing nothing but silence with our, with our minds. It is one way to experience him and to know this side of him. So now I know this is a deep topic theologically, and I don't have all the answers, and I don't want to oversimplify it or minimize the pain people go through when they come into a dark night of the soul, when they feel God isn't listening. Volumes have been written on this, but bottom line, God is a great listener. As Roman 8 says, if we get stuck or don't know the spirit language very well yet, the Holy Spirit listens to our spirit, even when we can't put into words what our needs are. God hears us. He truly listens to our hearts, not just our words. And that's why we need to set our minds on the Spirit and learn to listen to Him beyond words or in the silence, so to speak. It's true, we can't really listen to silence, but we have to get to silence to listen and be comfortable with the pauses. Just like in conversations, there are pauses. I don't know how comfortable you are with those, but They were there between the Old and New Testament. There was 400 years where God didn't speak through his prophets as he had before. And I'm sure some people were mad, worried, or sad. Maybe some just wrote him off. It may have brought up all kinds of responses from the Jews. Sometimes listening to the silence is more about listening to someone's heart, to what they're not saying. And these are the questions that pop into my mind when someone goes silent on me. If I'm insecure and not focused on God, I tell myself a story like, maybe they don't like me, or maybe they're about to attack me and are trying to find the exact words to say it nicely. Or maybe they're really sad about something and are about to cry. Have you ever had those thoughts? Just not knowing what to do if someone goes silent on you? Well, We can attune with their silence, and if we can, and not project our narrative onto them, a deeper understanding can occur in those moments. We can focus on what they're not saying that's important. We can ask ourselves, what are they feeling uncomfortable to say? And attune with that. What are they feeling? And we can have things come to mind when God is silent too. Like, what have I done wrong? Is he mad at me? This must mean he doesn't love me. He answers other people's prayers. Why not mine? So rather than projecting our thoughts onto God's God's mind, I need to get quiet and listen instead and ask similar questions of God. So listening between the words, training ourselves to listen to the silence, creates connection between you and God, you and another person. You become a deeper listener and it prepares your heart to hear what they're about to say. So I had to learn this as a therapist. My supervisor taught me to listen more deeply in the awkward silences that would fall after I would ask a question, to not talk so much. And she she had her work cut out for her. (laughs) Those were the most difficult things I ever had to learn as a therapist and as a human being. It's just awkward. It's awkward to sit 
with someone when they're saying nothing. So she would watch me through a mirrored window and had to correct me a lot. She'd say things like, sit on your hands, hold your tongue, just listen. But over time, as I practiced these things, some of the most fruitful conversation happened when I would wait with people in the silence. Sometimes I would ask like, is there anything more about that? Something simple, but sometimes nothing at all. Just sit with them. And during my training, one man who was schizophrenic, who was really hard to listen to because he just didn't make sense, tested my new skills. She told me to imitate his body posture so that he felt heard, even though he wasn't making much sense. So he would lean his head to one side, so then I would lean my head to one side. He would sit back and maybe cross his legs, and then I would as well. So one day, he actually fell asleep in my session. And in the old days, I would have thought, I have completely failed him as a therapist. But by this time, I was so tuned into him, body posture and everything, that I closed my eyes too. And before I know it, I had dozed off for a few seconds. I was mortified. I fell asleep on a client. Well, I confessed this to my supervisor, and I thought she would be really upset with me, but she was elated. She said, now you're starting to get it. The amazing thing is that he awoke with a start, and I did too, a little embarrassed, of course. But then a surprising thing happened. He started to talk more, and he made more sense. I think he felt heard during that little nap because I was attuning with him about his fatigue, and mine was matching his. In all that time, I didn't say a word. I just listened. There's a great book on this called The Listening Life by Adam McHugh. It's about how to turn this listening practice into a lifestyle. But anyway, it's really simply attuning with God's spirit, like finding a different frequency beyond words, redirecting our attention. And it doesn't have to be when things are quiet. It's listening for his quiet. And it can be within the storm, within the noise. We listen for his still small voice, even when there's chaos around us. You can find such rich nuggets waiting for you from God about how he sees you or your loved ones or his assignment for your life. And if you're someone who's a little skittish about this silent stuff or you avoid it because maybe it just feels a little lonely, we can interpret this silence as I'm alone or nobody's there for me or God's not even out there. I want you to know you're not alone. A lot of people feel this way. I certainly have. And Elijah did for sure. Take some time this week to read about Elijah in 1 Kings 19. When God asked him twice, what are you doing here, Elijah? When he found a cave after running from Jezebel after 40 days. Um, both of those times he gave the same answer, which can be summarized in, I'm all alone. The only one left among the prophets and people are out to kill me. But the second time God asked that same question, what are you doing here, Elijah? It was after God showed him the wind an earthquake, and a fire. And he spoke again. And the verse says, verse 11, And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, 
what are you doing here, Elijah? This is the second time God asked the question, and notice the order here. First, he hears the gentle whisper, and that word heard means to listen carefully, attentively, to wait upon God with attention and interest, to listen in order to obey, to heed. Then once he heard the gentle whisper, or the, um, I think it was translated here, the gentle blowing, uh, a voice came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? It's the same question. And Elijah gave the same answer. But then God had more to say as to his instructions for Elijah. And it seems to me like Elijah may not have been able to take those instructions in, really hear them, until he heard the gentle whisper first. You know, I've seen teachers do this in noisy classes. They start talking really softly. Then everyone else has to quiet in order to hear them. It's the same principle here. I believe, in my opinion, that God is quieting Elijah's inner, his inner rant so that he's, that he's able to truly hear what God is instructing him to do. What's interesting about this is that the translators had a hard time with this because the root Hebrew word behind gentle whisper or still small voice is, is a word in Strong's 18, 26, and 27 that can be translated silence or to be silenced. But they didn't translate it that way because how do you, how did, how could Elijah have heard God's silence? So up to that point, he was just rattling on and on about how he was the only one left and he's about to be killed and he's feeling alone. He's in fight or flight, but God had to get his attention and the way he did it was amazing. He attuned with his inner chaotic state by showing him an outwardly chaotic state, earthquakes, wind, and fire, and then attuned him to his still voice, such a contrast to all of that outward chaos. Through getting him to listen to the silence in between the chaos and his actual voice. So then after listening to the silence, Elijah was finally able to listen to God's voice and not his own inner rantings. It's, it's then that God said, there are 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. So he wasn't really alone. And God said, go, commission Elisha. You need a friend. <laughs> so he could hear God's gentle whisper, even in the middle of the outward chaos. So things don't have to be quiet or calm around us to hear God's silence, necessarily. Earthquakes, wind, and fire are noisy, disrupting events. And it wasn't until he could hear the silence in the middle of the chaos that he could really hear the rest of God's instructions. In other words, his ear was attuned to the wrong things, which prevented him from hearing God. And it's like God had to retune him to his frequency, sort of like you get a child to quiet, like I was saying, then they'll really listen to you. Only then was Elijah able to receive this, his, his life mission. And I love the brilliant, gentle way God, God got his attention here. So what is your ranting dialogue that you have in your head that keeps repeating to God? How does that keep you from hearing God? How has God been trying to get your attention? How is he trying to make it clear to you that he's not necessarily in all those distractions, the big, noisy world around you? What questions might he be asking you if you were to stop and really listen? Where do you have your attention attuned to? God's stillness and quiet or the noise around you?
I know I've had to ask myself those questions during my sabbatical. And it was really eye-opening. Some other scriptures here, Psalm 65.2, My soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. We wait in silence. Silence is waiting upon the Lord, attending to Him. Isaiah 41.1, Coastlands, listen to me in silence and let the peoples gain new strength. This is meant to give us new strength, to strengthen those listening pathways, those spirit-to-spirit pathways. This is not supposed to be difficult because we're made for this. But our busy, distracted world draws us away from this inner part of us. And it's up to us to push back against this and cultivate a space for silence and practice attuning to God's frequency, which is what we're going to do in the exercise today. So in summary, God speaks to us in the silence, which is a paradox. But we're really talking about how he speaks to us in his spirit. And he uses different ways to reach different parts of us. And this takes practice and learning, just like Elijah, to tune out the world and tune into the spirit. And two, just because we don't hear words when we quiet and we hear silence doesn't mean he's not there or he's not listening. He's always at work in our hearts. He's always connecting with us in some way. So don't get discouraged. You will go through these times. They're all part of the training he puts us through. And number three, God wants to speak truth to our inner being. He can't wait until we listen. He wants to tell us the truth about how he sees us and who we really are, the plans he has for us, those golden nuggets. Otherwise, we will hear who the world and others tell us who we are and their plans for us. And fourthly, we need to practice creating space and getting quiet in order to hear him in our inner being. So God invites you to stand and wait like Elijah and listen to the sounds of silence, to his still, small, calm whisper. Even in the midst of your earthquakes and chaos, your trauma, your busy life right now, he wants to speak to you personally in your inner being. And for this exercise, we're going to do more calming and quieting and then invite God to show us what he's trying to say to our spirits without words, maybe in concepts or pictures. You also may get words, but you may not. So the tips to make this happen, build a rest time into every day. If you're having company for dinner at 6 and you have to start at 4 for preparations, plan a rest time between 3.30 and 4. Set your kids up with a quiet activity during that time and cue them in. You get the idea. I mean, we plan ahead for a lot of things. Retirement, meals. Why not plan ahead for a daily half-hour rest break where we can quiet and listen. Set an alarm. And really listen and commune to the inner spirit within you, with God's spirit. We don't want to miss out on what God might be saying to us in the middle of the day. And we can do this several times during the day. So for the exercise, please get your journals out and let's pray. God, I feel sometimes it really is impossible to quiet my heart and mind, to even find a quiet place to hear you. Would you please silence the demands in my mind, the chatter in my head, the lies I tell myself, the excuses I have in just being with you. Help me to get caught up in your head and what you think, not in my own head and what I am saying. Help me to hear your spirit speaking to my spirit in the silence 
through all the chaos and noise around me and not to project my thoughts onto you. Teach me to discern your voice, to get comfortable with your silences, to know it's part of how you speak and to follow you, to surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name, we ask for your guidance during this time. Lord, and I pray that you'd silence all other voices other than yours. <clears throat> Amen. So I will ask you to pause the recording and then come back and we'll continue for the sake of time. So take a deep breath. Let go as you breathe in and then, then as you breathe out, let go of any tension that you notice in your body. As you breathe in, inhale his air, his life, his spirit. Come and then as you breathe out, notice that tension and just release it. Continue to do this for two minutes. And as you do, notice random thoughts that come into your mind. Just notice them. God may not be in those thoughts, or he may be. Just notice them. You don't have to figure that out right now. So pause and do this for at least two minutes. Now, notice what it's like to linger in this quieter space with God. If there are thoughts that keep returning, this could be your inner dialogue that may be getting in the way of really hearing God. Notice what it is and invite God to silently show you more about that. God, what do you want to say to me or ask me about those thoughts? Are they from you? Or are they from my, my, um, a, some place in me that's, that's not able to get to truth, not able to see the truth right now? Pause and ask him those questions and notice what it's like to linger. Next, you can ask God simply, God, how do those thoughts, these interfering thoughts, get in the way of hearing your still, gentle whispers? Or if you're not having interfering thoughts, you could ask him, God, what can get in my way of attuning to your silence? As you deep breathe, notice random thoughts and just release them with your breath. Don't stay with them this time. Just release them. Let go of them. And let his silence replace those thoughts. Surrender your thoughts to him. Pause. As you are enjoying the silence, use it as an opportunity to wait upon him, to attend with interest and desire to obey him. Prepare your heart to listen to what he's about to say to you. Notice how that feels to be more attuned to him. Pause here. Next, ask God, what instructions do you have for my life, Jesus? What do you want to tell me about the calling you have on my life right now? Or something you want me to do or to know in obedience to you? Just like Samuel prayed, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You can pray the same thing. Let God know you're listening. Pause here. Now take some time to thank God for all he's shown you. 
pause here. Well, I hope that was helpful. And please um, re- practice this throughout the week, these silences, these tuning into God's silence, whether you're out and about or trying to find a quiet place. You're, the listening that you're learning to do can become part of your lifestyle, part of who you are. And um, if you feel good about that, please share this podcast with others. Um, like us on Facebook and remember if you get any kind of doubts about this, remember you are made for this. See you in two weeks. Thank you.